This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, I'm going to read it in the Amplified, and I'm feeling pretty amplified because I've already had like three cups of your Zoe coffee. Whatever you put in that, don't stop. (laughs) Not sure it's legal. Here's what it says. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all we dare ask or think. Stop right there. The Amplified Bible is not an embellishment, adding some flowery words because we didn't get it the first time. But you knew your Bible was written in Hebrew and Greek and translated into our English language. But the English language and vernacular does not have the capacity to explain the depth of the original text. So the Amplified just extrapolates the words so we get a little bit more of a painting of what God was trying to say. And what he said is he's able to do super abundantly more. I don't know how much that is, but it's quite a bit. Then all that we dare ask or think. Sometimes, let me just encourage you, sometimes you read in the Bible, just slow down and read it again. Because that, that's so huge right there. Infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams. And here's the kicker. According to the power that is at work within us. So our dreams, our hopes, our ambitions are fulfilled in a very holy and pure way when we allow the Holy Spirit to grow us up. God's working in us to work something through us to take us into a future that he's designed for us. Anybody in the house today? Okay, hey, just a little talk back. Our church, you can preach with me. It's okay to say, "Uh uh-huh, amen, wave a hanky. Is that all you got? Or whatever you want to say, but it's a conversation. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let me talk to you about moving with God for a few minutes. Hey, let's pray over this. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're in this room. Jesus, we thank you that you are the foundation of your church. You're the author and finisher of our faith. And you've come today to speak to your people and do things that only you can do. And so we ask you to breathe on us, speak to every heart, strengthen my body to communicate, and your people to receive in Jesus' great name. And everybody in the balcony said, hey, it's good to see you guys up there. What lovely seats. Happy people in the balcony. Hey, you ever been thoroughly lost? Think about it. I want you to think about a time in your life like, I'm so lost right now. Now, I know we have a lot of millennials, and that word has been tossed around, a lot of, you know, stuff thrown at millennials. I'm I'm all for you. Love you. Group hug. Here we go. But here's the thing. Most of you have never grown up without GPS. You you grew up with GPS. But I, I drove for decades before we had a device that would speak from your phone telling you to take a left, right, stop here, turn around, find the route, return to the route. We used to have things like maps that you'd unfold. You could never fold back. Anybody remember that in the room? Okay. Or, you know, someone would tell you, here's how you get to my house. You're writing on a napkin. Go down past there, three mailboxes. You see a big dog out in the front yard. Take a right there by the tree. Boom, boom. You know, and you could get yourself thoroughly lost. I remember the first time that... Uh, uh, I went to Hillsong, my, my beautiful family. Oh, by the way, I have a picture of them. Here they are right here. Do you have that? Okay, that's my beautiful family. That's my wife of 35 years. That's Donna. That's my oldest daughter, Tasha, and her husband, Joseph. They're our worship pastors. And my youngest daughter, Sierra, and her, pa- her, her husband, <laughs> Pastor Jude. They're our student ministry. And then my grandsons, uh, Cohen, Elliot, Ivor, David, and Jack Lewis. All right? And we're praying for our granddaughters, so pray for us. So back when my two girls were very young, okay, thanks for putting that up there. It encourages me. Um, 
we went to uh, Hillsong, Australia, and heard things about it. And this was like eh, 20 years ago, maybe. Um, eh, not quite that, but at least 15. So anyway, no GPS. So I'd traveled to some nations. I figured, hey, what's the worst that can happen? I rented a car. I get out of the airport in my car in Sydney. And my assistant at the time booked us a hotel, which was actually a flat above a bus stop at Bondi Beach. And after we finally found our accommodations, we realized something. We're about a 30, 40-minute drive from the uh, Olympic, uh, whatever that place is, where they were having the convention. So every day we would get up, get in our little rental car and take off from Bondi Beach and I would get us so thoroughly lost. No GPS. And, and through the traffic of Sydney, and we would show up about halfway through the second session. My daughters and my wife were all angry. And every morning, every session, I would, I would get in the car again and realize, I can't find that place, can I? Just this impending thought of, I will struggle through the streets of Sydney for two hours trying to find the venue. What a horrible feeling. And there's so many people in life that live with that. They're busy, they're on the road, they're moving forward, they're gassed up, they got their career, here we go. But then you say, where are we going? I don't know, but I'm frustrated and feeling anxious. And it's not just to unchurched people. It's like to alleged Christ followers in the house of God that have got stuck in life. They're lacking direction, they're lacking clarity. They've been running after something of their own ambition and ended up in a dead-end road. But I want to tell you something today. It says in Romans that if you are the sons and daughters of God, that you are led by the Spirit of God. I want you to hear this today. You have a Holy Spirit GPS wired into your spirit when you receive Christ. God doesn't leave you out there just go, hey, here's a New Testament. Here's a home church, a grow track. Good luck with that. See you in heaven. No, it says in Isaiah, whether you turn to the right or to the left, you're going to hear a voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. Jesus said, I am with you even to the end of the age. I will be with you. I will speak to you. There is a comforter. When he sent the Holy Spirit, this Greek word parakletos, it means one who's going to come right alongside you. And I want you to know today that there is one who will lead you into your future, into the details, the very minutia of your life. God is concerned. Amen. So, uh, getting unstuck, you know, I'm not much of a camper. Is there anybody here that likes to camp, like set up a tent, go fishing in the mountains, wave at me? Those are pretty good numbers for L.A. I didn't have the faith for that much. Okay, how many of you are not in the woods with the fire and the dirt and the whole campground thing? How many are just not into that? And no shame zone here. Okay, about a 50-50 split, and 30% of you wouldn't lift your hand no matter what I said. I'm not much of a camper, but I, I tell you where I like to camp. This will be a take-home for some of you. I know some good camping spots. I like the Hyatt Regency in Maui. <laughs> I like the Inn at Spanish Bay at Pebble Beach Resorts. Those are my kind of campouts, you know. But I, I've, I've had some bad experiences staying in tents, and so I, I really don't enjoy that as much. You know, once you get the fire lit and the s'mores, you know, and you're cooking the food on the fire, and you finally got the fire built, it's a pretty good little fleeting moment. But then I, my last camping experience, woke up at 4 in the morning, all the air had leaked out of the mattress. Some ants had crawled into the tent to eat the rest of my s'mores. And I realized I got up and I thought, i got to build a fire again if I'm going to eat breakfast. My favorite part of that camping trip was getting in the car to go home and take a hot shower and watch the game on the TV. That's what, my favorite part of camping. 
But, you know, if you think about tents, they were never meant to be a permanent dwelling place. They're a temporary residence headed to where you are actually destined to go or where you're coming from. And so I want to tell you in just a few minutes here about a camping trip that happened back in the book of Exodus. God called his people out of Egypt. How many know what that represents? Your past, your bondage. And God said, I'm calling you out of Egypt, and I'm headed, I'm taking you to Canaan or to the promised land. By the way, the promised land is not heaven. It's not you sitting on a cloud, you know, in a large diaper playing a harp. What is Canaan land? It's you living in your full capacity, your full inheritance here on this earth. See, there's giants in your inheritance. There's giants in Canaan land. There's there's ground to be taken. But here's, here's the problem. Between Egypt and Canaan, there's this wilderness experience. And it means the gap between the promise and the fulfillment. The gap between the vision and the fruition. The gap between the prophetic word and when you see the manifestation of what God has spoken. There's a gap of time and space and it often feels like a wilderness and God doesn't want you to camp there indefinitely. He's called you to move from one destination to the next. Anybody with me today? So here's a key verse out of Numbers 9 talking to the children of Israel. He said, whether the clouds stayed above the tabernacle for two days, a month, or a year, the people of Israel stayed in the camp and did not move on. But day or night, when the cloud lifted, the people broke camp and they moved on. Let's just back up. Sorry, media guys, I jumped ahead on you. But here's what that looked like if you could bring up this side-by-side photo right here. There's uh, two million-plus Jewish people. 600,000 men registered with the armies, and they are trekking across the Sinai wilderness. And God said, I'm going to go with you. I want a tent right in the middle of the little tents. In the big tent, my presence will abide. I'll speak with Moses face to face. And God said, wherever you go, all your enemies, all the armies around you are going to know that I am with you because I will be a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now, what was that? Why is this so important that we lean into this camping trip? Because this is called the church in the wilderness. This is a a prophetic picture of you. And who is the cloud? Who is the fire? It's Jesus himself. It says in Corinthians that Christ was the rock that the water poured out of. That Christ was the fire that led them through the wilderness. That Christ was their defender. And so this is an image of us following God through the wildernesses of life. Amen? And so he wants to lead us, and he wants us to move with him. Now, let me give you just three ways that you can move with God. And if you're here today and you're stuck, God wants to get you unstuck. Some of you are stuck emotionally, financially, ministry, relationships. What gets you stuck in life? You see, you got this high call of God. Remember, it's immeasurably more than I could ask or think. My capacity, but then I find myself living seasons of my life far below my capabilities. Why? Because I got stuck with um, yeah, unforgiveness. I got hurt. I couldn't get over it. I'm stuck. Or I got an addiction. I've lived with addiction. God has freed me from all sorts of stuff. And I know this, that if you live a life of addiction, it's a really tiny little world where you just go around in little circles and you're just concerned about the next. You don't see the big picture. Fear can get you stuck. Fear of man, fear of the future, fear of stepping out. There's lots of things that will drive a stake in your life in the middle of the desert. And God said, hey, hey, I didn't intend for you to stay there. I want you to move with me. Is anybody listening today? Give you three ways. The first one, you got to move with the cloud and the community. 
You got to move with the cloud and the community. Now, this is what God said. He said, when you see the fire go, when you see the cloud move, pick up the big tent, and then all the little tents, all two million of you, just pick up and move with the cloud. Now, here's what God does in his church. This is a picture of the body of Christ. And if you're going to move with God, you got to move with his church, with his house. I want you to get this. Zoe Church is not Chad's idea. It's not Julia's brainchild. This is not a denomination, an organization, branding, or a logo. This is something that God birthed. He breathed on. He said, this is my house. You build my house, and I will lead you by my fire. But here's the part you need to get. When you move with the fire of God, the fire becomes yours. When you move with the blessing of God, the blessing becomes yours. When you move with the provision of God, the provision becomes yours. So instead of getting God to try to put a a stamp on your blueprints, hey, God, here's a plan I made for my life. Would you sign off on this? It doesn't work that way. You find out what God is blessing, and you get on board with it. You find out what he's breathing on, you come alongside it. You recognize the anointing on God-appointed pastors and leaders, and you partner with them, and suddenly the blessing of God on the church becomes your personal blessing because you are the church. And now there's a reason for God to bless your business because it's bigger than you. Now there's a reason for God to call up that gifting in your heart that's been dormant because it's bigger than you. And it happens when you're a part of the congregation. Let me just appeal to you to not be a believer that sits on the fringes and doesn't commit to the house. Jesus said, upon this rock, this revelation of who I am, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Who is the church? The church is those who are called out and called together. God never calls you out of darkness and says, hey, take care, good luck. Try to audit a few services, get some podcasts online, go to occasional conference. That is not biblical Christianity, men and women of God. When you get called out of darkness, God says, I'm bringing you together as a body underneath the covering of spiritual authority of a God-appointed pastor. And in that realm, your life is going to prosper. I'm telling you, the blessing is with the community. The blessing is with the crowd. I'm preaching better than your amen, but it's all cool. I'm not discouraged. <laughs> I got you. I feel you. So here would be my, my recommendation is if you don't have a home church, this is a great one. Get planted. Psalm says those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish even in their old age. Get established in the house. I believe every one of us as Christ followers ought to be able to say, that's my pastor, those are my people, that's my house, I'm all in, I'm invested, I'm not going anywhere. That is the place of safety. You see, because if you live on the margins, if you live on the fences, that's where the enemy picks people off. So God told his people here in Deuteronomy 25, look at this one. He said, remember what the Amalekites did to you along the way when you came up out of Egypt? When you were weary and worn out, they met you on your journey and attacked who? All who were lagging behind. All who were not connected to the house. Very practically. Become a member of the house if you're not. Get in the growth track. Get invested. Get in a connect group. Live life in relationship. And here's what you're going to see. Direction comes when you're walking with the community. Because it's bigger than, than the, the macro In the context of walking in the fire, God begins to point out to you, yeah, don't open that business 
Yeah, go ahead and you can ask her out, son. I give you permission. Yeah, no, break up with him. He's an idiot. I mean, that's paraphrased, but someone needed that over in here. I'm sorry. Can't stop that prophetic gift. <laughs> we don't know if he's serious, dear. Is he serious? Number two, you got to keep moving toward your full potential. Keep moving toward your full potential. Here's the problem. When you're in the middle of the journey, you think this is it. You think this is all I'll ever be. I'll never get past this moment. But God has so much more that you haven't seen yet. There is a capacity to your life that only the Holy Spirit will reveal. And even at that, it's still what? It's exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or imagine. You're never going to tap into the fullness and the scope and the height and the breadth and the depth of who God is and what he has for your life. But let's give it a go. What do you say? I've been in ministry for 35 years. I'm telling you what's in my spirit. I believe there's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit coming in the earth. I believe there's a last day revival. I believe God is growing his church. And I believe I, got to be, I get to be a part of it. I'm not just going to sit at home, plan my retirement, polish my golf clubs, and hand it to the next generation. Oh, no. If there's a move of God, I want in. If there's still some work left to be done before Jesus returns for his church, I'm all in. I got the strength, I got the vision, and I will not be left out in Jesus' name. Oh, that just felt good. That was therapeutic. Thank you. So Paul, the apostle, greatest church planner in the history of the world, he's talking about his authority and his ministry. And he, he said this in 2 Corinthians 10. He said, we're not going to boast or extend ourselves beyond measure but within the limits of the sphere which God appointed us. Now, all three of those, I want to give you one Greek word today that's going to help you if you're ready to learn a little Greek. Here's what it is. All three of those words, one Greek word, and it's metron. Can we say it together? Metron is a measured boundary, a potential inheritance. It's a capacity that God sets. Now, this is not a limiting word. It's not God coming in and go, okay, okay, here's your little capacity. Try not to get outside the playground, kids, you know. This is all you can do, all you can make, all you can reach for. No, no, no. The capacity is far greater. The God boundaries are far greater than what we've stepped into. So don't get stuck. Because you get in a season of your life, and the same enemy that talks to me talks to you. He comes and says, that's all you're ever going to see. This is the height of your success. That's all the influence. The business is not going any further. The relationship's blowing up. And we believe a lie that keeps us in a desert place, stomping on scorpions, looking for a fresh drink of water. And God says, hey, 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 there's a promised land up ahead. Don't stop here. This is not your capacity. There's more in it for you if you believe. How many of you guys believe God's got some stuff up ahead? You know, you're starting a new campus next week. Good on you. But there's going to be several more. I'll just prophesy that. And the influence and the scope of what God wants to do through this house, and that means all of you, you will significantly impact the spiritual climate, first of, of Southern California, then California, and ultimately the nation. I'm not trying to be grandiose. I'm just trying to say that's God's heart for y'all. There's something here, and we got to say, God, I want to go after my full capacity. And the final one today is this. You got to refuse to stay behind. You just got to refuse. There's got to be something that comes up in your spirit and says, I ain't dying here. You know, the Apostle Paul was on an island, went through a shipwreck. He was left for dead, drug out of cities, beaten half to death. His life looked like a train wreck. And this viper jumps up onto his arm and 
They all looked at him like, oh, man, it's the deadly viper. He's going to die. Watch him blow up like a puffer fish, you know, and they're just tapping their watches. Paul shakes it off in the fire. Then there were some prophetic words, false ones, that he was going to die on this, at this other location. But here's what he said. He said, I'm not dying here today. I got to go to Rome. In other words, he had in his spirit the destination. He had a determination that was connected to a declaration. It's one thing to study the word and get it in your heart. It's another when you start standing on it and say, I don't die on this island today. This snake doesn't take me out. This is not it for me. I declare the word of God over our marriage, over my business, over my children. Come on. Come on, parents. Your children are coming back to the house of God. Your business is going to recover. God's going to restore your marriage. Why? Because his word is clear. He's a God of restoration and healing. He brings the lost home. This is what he does. Don't agree with the lies in the wilderness, man. Tap into what God is saying. Get a determination because here's the deal. We saw that picture. In fact, let's, let's bring that up again, the big one. These two million people camping out. They all had an invitation. Look at those tents. They all had an invitation to go in. God said, I want my whole nation. Take them, Moses, now Joshua, and lead them into the promised land. But only a fragment went in. Why? Because they failed to determine that I'm going. And so as you read the story, it kind of plays out like this. All the old folks, nothing against age, I'm on your team. But everybody over the age of 20, all those warriors died in the wilderness he says, so the next generation, 20 and below, you get to go in. And then the Levites, you get to go in. All you worshipers, come on in, man, the presence of God. So the Levites go in. But then there's this old guy. Let me just tap into him for a minute. His name's Caleb. Caleb is 85. And according to the decree and the punishment that was laid out because of their rebellion and gossip and all the stuff they did, God said, no, all you old guys, you got to go lay out here and die. Caleb stands up and says, listen, listen, listen. I've been given a word that I will have a mountain. And I want my mountain. I'm 85, but I'm as strong now as when God gave me that promise. And we are well able to go in there and kick some Amalekite boote. That's what he said. That's a paraphrase. It's in the Greek there. Check it out. He said, hey, I am willing and able, and I'm going in. Listen, guys, when you connect God's word over your life and that Holy Spirit desire to a declaration, it changes things in your life. And I'll start wrapping up with this. Why? Why? Why is this such a big deal, Dave? Why do you want to get me unstuck? Well, so you can live a fulfilled life. But listen, because it's bigger than you. God is spreading a table in L.A. He's spreading a table at Zoe. He's spreading a table with Hillsong and Mosaic and other great churches in your region. And here's what he's saying. Life is short. Eternity is real. People matter most. And if you will get unstuck, if you'll determine to declare the word of God, I will use you, not just a guy on stage with a microphone, not just a great worship team, and man, they are, not a few select celebrities. God says, I will use you, my body, to present a table in the wilderness where tens of thousands of hungry, broken people can come to Jesus. I'm telling you, you it is bigger than you, and God is inviting you. And sometimes you just got to step back to 30,000 feet and go, God, what are you doing? You see, historians believe, and it's accurate, and they're all in agreement with this, that if you climbed Mount Sinai, as the Israelites camped in the wilderness, or if back in the day you could shoot forward in time and jump in a helicopter, here's what you would see. 
That's the camp in the wilderness. See what's going on there? Now, if you're over here in the tribe of Asher, uh, lot 47B, tent number three, you wake up every morning, the scenery looks the same, doesn't it? But God said, no, no. There's a prophetic picture here. There's a cross headed through the wilderness. And even while they're just getting up and being obedient every day, following that fire, there was something in the heart of God, and here's what it was. There will be a day when Messiah will come, and he will go to that cross for the sins of the entire world. And I'm using you, Israel, to march through this wilderness in formation, and don't stop, and don't get stuck, because I'm doing something bigger than all of you in your lifetime, and I want to prophesy over you today that God's doing something bigger than you can see. Your business is bigger than you. Your ministry is bigger than you. That call in your heart is bigger than you. So take responsibility for it. Don't get stuck in the wilderness because there's somebody watching saying, where is the cross of the Savior? And where do they see it? They see it in the body of Christ. They see Jesus when the church is marching in unity and according to the word of God and toward their destiny. Today, you have an inheritance in that. I want you to get this. It's corporate, but it's personal. It's corporate, but it's personal. Don't get stuck. Don't get stuck. Refuse to stay behind. Move with God. He'll give you clarity. He'll give you direction. And I even sense this right now that as we pray in just a moment, the Lord's going to he's going to speak to some of you. And I believe the Holy Spirit in this moment is going to reveal what the stake is. In fact, some of you already know as I'm talking. You know what the stake is. It's got you pinned down to small thinking, safe living in the wilderness. And God's going to say, son, I love you, but you got to pull that up. Daughter, I love you, but you got to deal with that. And if you'll be willing to pull up those stakes, know I have seen. Know what ear has heard. It hasn't even entered the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those that love him. And that's you. You guys get this today. Can we pray together? Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.